our Impacting Life 24-7 sponsors are unique in that they help us to continue to impact one life, one day at a time. Our gold sponsors, Michelle Perry. She is the host of the Successful Diligence podcast and best-selling author of The Pebble in My Shoe. You can connect with Michelle and get a copy of her book at SuccessfulDiligence.com. Paula Cousone has dedicated her life volunteering in community youth programs such as the Young Marines. Paula believes that the greatest asset each young person has is at least one caring adult in their life. Donald Lamb, he and his wife have been happily married for over 35 years. He is the proud father of one daughter and three sons. Donald honorably served his country for over 22 years in the United States Army and retired with distinction. Active in his community, Donald is the owner and operator of Mama's Boy Event Planning and Coordinating Services. Connect with Donald at facebook.com forward slash Mama's Boy Events Coordinating. Amanda Aker, coming from a past of drug abuse, homelessness, and being a convicted felon, Amanda has broken through and was able to let the good things into her life. Amanda is now on a mission to inspire and motivate people just like you. Amanda's core message is that our past does not define us and we are way stronger than we think. Connect with Amanda at facebook.com forward slash amanda.acre2017. Our platinum sponsors, Mr. Gregory Smith. He is the author of 100 Simple Ways How to Manage a Property and Evidence Room. Get your copy by reaching out to Gregory Smith on Facebook or email him at smithg1963 at yahoo.com. Adrienne Barker, she is the host of the Adrienne Barker Speaks podcast, a life coach and CEO of Professional Global Etiquette. Please connect with her at professionalglobaletiquette.com. Mr. Mike Black from New Bern, North Carolina. Mike helps men throughout Eastern Carolina lead a faith-filled life. He is a compassionate leader in his church and a devoted husband and father. Dr. Nate Dunlap Jr. He is the executive director of the PRF Institute. He's the author of What's Next? Preparing for Eternity and Don't Leave Me Like This, Inspiration to Leave a Legacy. As a 501c3 organization, the PRF Institute is blessed to be the premier stewardship-based teaching ministry that truly responds to the needs of others in the community. Contact him at prfinstitute.org. If you would like to become a sponsor of Impacting Life 24-7, it's very simple. Just visit clkingspeaker.com. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Just visit clkingspeaker.com, and you can be a part of this amazing event that we call Impacting Life 24-7. You know, it really is truly an event. And the reason why we consider it an event is because it always is something new. It's always something um, that challenges us and inspires us and leaves us saying, man, we want to hear more about what's going on in the world. So good morning, everybody. This is your host of Impacting Life 24-7, CL. King sitting in the Ruth E. Plowden Legacy Chair, high atop the glorious studios here at Impactville. And I'm so thankful that we are going to spend a few moments together today. So how did all the fathers do yesterday? You know, yesterday went down as, in my opinion, I saw several fathers post this and you know, it's not, we always say it's not about the gifts and we get that man. It's not, it's just a commercialized opportunity to go spend money. But truth of the matter is, is that man, the, the, the time spent together with the kids yesterday and wife working together with those those kids to get everything rolling was absolutely amazing yeah it was it was so fun we had such a great time went to some water parks <laughs> and us grown folks was down the water park chilling having a good time <sighs> good morning dr donald lamb and so yeah man um 
they put their they put their uh they put their mites together <laughs> and got dad some really amazing things uh i would wear the shirt today but i was wearing it yesterday and y'all be looking at me like Ew. but uh got a shirt with me and uh samson samson is my dog my golden retriever he's mine i claim him he only listens to me <laughs> And a picture with me and him sitting on the dock truly is uh, truly is probably very accurate about our lives. Samson and I spend an, an amazing amount of time together. And then, of course, Jeremiah got me a brand new custom knife. And then they all pitched in and helped get me a griddle. I got to realize that it's not called a mat griddle, but it is a griddle. I love to cook. I hate to shop, but I love to cook. So I like grilling out. I've actually summoned or commissioned our neighborhood to a rib cook-off on the 4th of July. I think I got myself in a mess, but I'm going to try to just, it's all about getting people together, you know? Uh, so now on this griddle, I'll be able to do so much more and uh, might just try to try my hand at making some, I don't know, yakisobo. I don't know if that's what it is. And people like Donald Lamb, the owner of Mama's Boy Event and Catering, you deserve to be celebrated too. Amazing young men and young lady that you have uh, raised. And I talked about that in a training that I did a couple weeks ago about fatherhood. And, you know, fatherhood is a, it's more than just, it's more than just, you know what's on the surface of fatherhood it truly is about leaving a legacy and donald lamb is one of our sponsors of course many of our sponsors here but so thankful for people like him who help us on this mission and so again welcome to impacting life 24 7 i'm going to discuss a few things today in this early morning impacting life 24 7 session just wanted to come on early since we are in the mode of celebrating juneteenth and so many people have off today and i figured if y'all had had off maybe y'all want to stop and listen to what i'm saying for a few minutes <laughs> but if not i understand i won't be offended trust me i will not be offended if you don't want to listen to what i say because i get the analytics and people listen to what i say all over the world so if you don't want to that's okay I'll come back and listen later if you like um and uh yes that that's exactly right donald he says you know i'm doing what i'm designed to do as a as a father yeah and and you know in my training on fatherhood um i made it very clear that there is a distinction between a mother and a father there's a distinction and i saw a lady um davida michelle our friend who's been on this show was the the co co-host at um lunchtime conversation she said something really impactful she said to ladies she went out there and said to ladies hey listen some of you are single mothers some of you are holding it down as a single mother etc cetera, etc cetera, but you are not a father and i actually dealt with that in my fatherhood training that there is a distinction like donald lamb just said we are designed to do what we're doing as dads and so I rock that. I rock that title. I mean, I'm thankful for it and I don't shy away from it. Um, and I recognize that my wife is not my kid's dad and I'm not my kid's mom. So we God orchestrated this. God orchestrated this for us to fulfill our destinies and our design. You got to understand, man, we are designed with purpose. And, uh, and we ain't gonna preach on on a Monday, but. <laughs> we got we definitely have a purpose and so welcome to impacting life 24 7 we just this is a special edition this is a i got a couple things in the title that i wanted to talk about today the first being juneteenth second being uh father's day looks like father's day came up first so we'll just reverse the order and deal with father's day father's day was amazing uh it was i mean it really just that our kids just went over the top in celebrating um their dad and here's what i recognize about your children okay i'm gonna just tell you this our children know us 
in our most uh, in our truest self in with all of our vulnerabilities. Our kids know us. So as a public figure, people see, you know, the the well put together studio. They they hear the 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 very white vocals and, you know, they they see the the put together program. But our kids see us when all the lights is out and ain't nobody celebrating you. And they see our, our failures. They see our proclivities. They see who we really are. And that is what I have, especially in my latter years as a, as a father, I have tried to articulate to them that I understand that they have seen my frailties as a man, as a husband, and as a dad. And I acknowledge them. But the R in my fatherhood training stands for resiliency. And I'm telling my kids that, hey, look, you've seen me fail. You've seen me mess up. You've seen me fall short of the mark. You've seen me not make goals. You've seen me let you down. But I didn't walk out of your life. You know what I'm saying? I didn't I didn't I didn't give up on the relationship. And, and fatherhood is truly about relationship. It's not just about what you're going to get a, a pair of socks or a tie on a special day, but fatherhood is about relationship. And I'm teaching, I've tried to teach my kids. I've tried to teach my kids, man, that, that this is, this thing is about relationship and understanding that relationships have mountains and valleys and ebbs and flows and, and relationships have struggles you know we see people on social media has painted the picture that every relationship is perfect you know what i mean because we we take the perfect angle of our pictures and we put on the best filter and we you, you know what i'm saying we we oh man we got the greatest backdrop and it, it just is so nostalgic and people look at us from the outside and they're flipping through our pictures and stalking our every move and they think that that's what our life really is. And uh, it's not. <laughs> it is by grace that every day we get up and try again. You know, it's not, it's not that we make it a habit to fall down or it's not that we make it a habit to have mistakes or whatever. But we got to teach our kids about resiliency as fathers. We got to teach them that, hey, man, you know, Life is going to life is going to not be fair to you. Get the dog out. I'm telling my kids or someone to please get the dog out. Samson is saying I got to go take care of some business at nine o'clock in the morning. So it's not it's not just exclusively about, you know, the daffodils and, and butterflies that you walk through in life. But it truly is about the resiliency. And, you know, men have different challenges than women do. Um, and that's why we make a distinction about fatherhood. That's that's why we that's why we do it. And we 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 stand on it and we don't we're not ashamed of it. And we, we want people to realize and recognize that fatherhood is powerful. You know what I'm saying? Like, like you, you are putting, you are putting a DNA stamp in your young people, in your children, and you're teaching them. And the, and like I said, the, I got a whole training. It's six keys to being, um, to having a successful fatherhood. And that's with the F A A F A T H E R. And we take each one of those and we go down a journey on what each letter stands for. And we, we try to correlate that to fathers and help them understand that, Hey man, these are things that, that, that you need. These are benchmarks that you need to be looking for in your relationship with your children. And so the last one, like I said, in the R is resiliency. And man, it's not time to walk out when times get tough. Right? It's not time to walk out when times get tough because if you walk out when times get tough that means you will walk out of every situation every possible scenario because nothing is going to be without challenge nothing in this life is going to be without error you know nothing in this life is going to be without adversity 
and you and we as as fathers as men as leaders we have to teach our children that hey man you're gonna get knocked down hey you ain't gonna get your way you're not gonna always get the hitting home run in the game but you just come back to bat another day you know i remember when jeremiah and them was was getting clean their clock was getting clean at a baseball game you know it's just like you know some of these coaches act like these kids are you know major league professional players and and they they forget that these are kids i don't care if they're high school college whatever nay none of them getting paid and so what i tell my son because i'm his first coach what i tell my son is yo bro we lost. We'll, we'll live to play another day. We're not going. We're not going to just wallow in pity because we lost. They were the better team. We get our tails up and come back to the batting cage and be ready for another game. That's resiliency. That's what you got to teach your your kids. And so that was fatherhood. Father's Day, twenty twenty two, will probably go down in history in my books. They really raised the bar. I mean, we was in the, we was in the, we challenged ourselves to go down these enormous water slides, and uh, Jeremiah and I, we managed to go down the blue slide. Which, when you went down that slide, you you pulled like uh, several G's. <laughs> you were like airborne in this tube. I was so scared, but I said, look, if my son going to do it, I'm going to do it. And we went up for one last time before the water park was closing. And Christina Lee and I was going to, we did, we were going to go down the blue slide. And, uh, unfortunately we ran out of time. So she, she made it down the yellow slide, which was a little more, the curvature was a little less steep than the blue slide and so of course then we we um went and did go-kart racing and i demand i you know when you become when you get an og status you can start making demands in society you know what i mean so we went up there to the to the go-kart place and i said listen it's father's day i'm the oldest probably at in this whole uh, arena here so i want the fastest cart <laughs> and and i did get the fastest cart man and, and jeremiah while they were setting me up, he took off, right? So he had this huge head start. But that that go-kart I had yesterday has some high octane, man. That We caught him, brother. We chased him down. And then as a good dad, as someone who cares so much for my son's emotional well-being, I, I, I backed off the throttle and let Jeremiah catch me on the go-kart. He, he, he proclaims that it was fair and square. Nobody heard the deceleration of my go-kart mysteriously. Right. And so, uh, he was the winner in the go-kart race and we had Mariah out there too, which was probably crazy for us, but we just had such a great time and we declare this and, and this is a, this is a truism relative to fatherhood, relative, relative to family. That I hang around, I don't hang around a whole bunch of people. I'll be honest with you. I don't have, I have a lot of associates, but I don't have a lot of core people that I just hang out with every day. I'm just mindful of that. I just guard myself. But when when it comes to my family, there's no people I'd rather hang out with more than them because we laugh. Oh my gosh, we laugh, we laugh, we laugh at each other, <laughs> and it's cool. <laughs> so anyway, fatherhood, father. Father's Day, God bless all of the fathers out there who are de demonstrating resiliency just by showing up every day. The second part we want to talk about today is Juneteenth, and that was celebrated. That was that was um that's what uh yesterday was about and today's observance of the actual holiday, Juneteenth. Now let me tell you, being raised in northeastern Ohio. And you got to remember, I was bounced around from seven homes over a 14-year period. I did not hear anything about no Juneteenth up there. I mean, even as I was recalling back, you know, through high school before I went to the military, I, I don't recall hearing about Juneteenth. I didn't know it was a thing. Now, I came here in um, Eastern Carolina in 1994 and 1994 i just thought you know i was in i was in eastern carolina i did not know that you know i didn't i didn't really know all the i knew that there was 
slavery, obviously. I knew that there was racial divides and, and tensions in the world, but I did not know the the, the the dynamics of it. I was I was in some ways sheltered because of the region that I was in and because of the 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 transient life that I had for the first 14 years you know, moving in different homes, different environments, different people. It just, there was nobody sitting down teaching me, you know, like we're talking about fatherhood. There was nobody teaching me how to throw the ball, wrestle, you know, balance the checkbook. Nobody was teaching me that. So I didn't really hear about, you know, these specific things relative to this holiday that we're celebrating. And so I wanted to kind of, I think we have to do a, a, a continuous and we have to make a continuous effort to discuss these things and make sure that we teach our next generation about them. Oh, so I'm just going to give you an article from the Smithsonian, directly from the Smithsonian this morning on Freedom's Eve or the eve of January 1st, 1863. The first watch night services took place. On that night, the enslaved and Free African-Americans gathered in churches and private homes all across the country awaiting the news of the Emancipation Proclamation and seeing if it had taken effect. At the stroke of midnight, prayers were answered as well as um, enslaved people, those that were free, the Confederate, they, uh, the Confederate states were declared legally free. Union soldiers made... Uh, many of whom who were black marched into plantations across the cities in the South, reading small copies of the Emancipation Proclamation, spreading the news of the freedom that uh, in the Confederate States. Only throughout the 13th Amendment and only through and by the 13th Amendment did the emancipation end slavery throughout the United States. But not everyone in the Confederate territory would immediately be free. Imagine that. You know, we say he whom the son has set free is free indeed. But in this economy, freedom had been legislated, but it had not been enacted in certain areas. So not everyone in the Confederate territory would immediately be free, even though the Emancipation Proclamation was made in effect in 1863. It could not be implemented in places still under Confederate control. As a result, in the westernmost Confederate state of Texas, enslaved people would not be free until much, much later. Freedom finally came on June 19th, 1865, when some 2,000 Union troops arrived in Galveston Bay, Texas. And I'll be in Texas here in October, so that might be a good place to visit. The Army announced that more than 250,000 enslaved black people in the state were now free. More than 250,000 enslaved people, black people in the state were now free. And they were free by executive decree. This day became known as Juneteenth because it was the 19th day of June. And this was uh, declared by newly freed slaves. The post-emancipation period known as the Reconstruction, 1865 to 1877, marked an era of great hope, uncertainty, as well as struggle for the nation as a whole. Formerly enslaved people immediately sought to reunify families, establish schools. You got to understand, man, families were separated. You know, education was not a thing for for black people. It was a time. I mean, it's hard. It's hard. You know, we think 200 years is is, you know, so long ago. And in this case, it's a uh, 100 plus years 140 100 i can't do the math in my head right now but if you if you think about it that's just a drop in the bucket relative to humanity's existence and just a mere 150 years ago man um people were owned because of the color of their skin they they you know we're not even talking about the 1965 time where people were shunned or dis or disgraced or rerouted because of the color of their skin but in this time period, people were owned as property. 
because of the the color of their skin and you know they saw, they had to rebuild you know from from everything their humanity you know like you're you're a person you're you're not an object you're not a thing that that I put on my shelf and control and so given the 200 plus years of enslavement such changes were nothing short of amazing this is coming from the smithsonian not even a generation out of slavery african americans were inspired and empowered to transform their lives and the country juneteenth marks our country's second independence day now let me just let me just stay say here that I have heard some people in certain groups, because I listen, <laughs> say, well, you know, it's one America. Why do we need a, a Juneteenth celebration? And and it's easy to say that now. You know what I'm saying? It's easy to declare that now. But man, if you roll the if you roll the clock back, you know, 165 years or more. When you roll the clock back to those people still under the the strenuous chains of bondage in Galveston, Texas, man, you, you know it, it's important that we 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 can't just we can't just look at our present state, you know, and think, okay, well that that eradicates any need for conversation or any need of recognition of what we have been through as a country. See, Juneteenth should be celebrated by blacks, whites, Hispanics, Lutherans, Catholics, Mexicans. I mean, it should be it should be celebrated by all because it happened on the USA soil. Right? So it it's not just about the African Americans but it's it, it's about that that somebody who wasn't african american said hey listen what what's going on here is not right we we cannot continue to treat human beings as property therefore we're going to we're going to write the emancipation proclamation and in doing so this affected everyone it affected everyone the Emancipation Proclamation did. And when we when we as a people embrace our history and understand, man, man, you know, I, I can't I, I can't shake it, man, that it was just a few turns of the clock that that this whole thing that we the luscious, glorious place that we live now was not like that. I mean, I, I'm living on a beautiful ranch got everything I ever wanted in life, but my forefathers, they worked on the ranch and stayed out in the shack in the field. Now that's now, now the beautiful thing today is that I got beautiful neighbors. I got a, some of the most amazing neighbors you could ask for. And we don't see each other as white and black. We see each other as neighbors and brothers and friends because most of us are Marines in this cul-de-sac. But but there was a time when that was not a, a thing. And so we must pause with great regularity to reflect and remember these things. Why? Because if we do not recall and if we do not teach and if we do not continue to bring these things up, let me tell you, if you think that it cannot recur again, you have missed the boat if you think that it cannot occur again you have missed the boat you know if you believe in the bible which i do and the children of israel being put in slavery for 400 years which i believe the historical account of that then history repeated itself because there's a people there put in slavery because of their ethnicity and because of their pedigree. And then you go you go thousands of years later and here's another people put in slavery because of their pedigree and their ethnicity brought from their own homeland to a foreign and strange land and made to, to serve with rigor just like the children of Israel. 
right? So history, ladies and gentlemen, can repeat itself. If you don't think so, look at the kids, how they dress, you know, you know, baggy jeans one one season, skinny jeans the next, bell bottoms the next, history repeats itself. You know, listening to, to old classics, they come back, their vinyl record players are back again, It history repeats itself. So for us to think that we can just say, okay, that was a time period, thank God for, for it, maybe we sh- it, it's causing more division when we talk about Juneteenth, that's hogwash, because if we don't, we will forget, right? If we don't, we will forget. I talked about this relative to the children of Israel, how they got put in slavery, because the Bible says that there arose a new king that knew not Joseph. Joseph represents the deliverance and the hand of God, the freedom, right? Joseph came to liberate. Joseph Joseph was the, the, the spokesperson for God during that time of great famine, And even though his family had sold him into slavery, it was only because of that action that Joseph got put in the right place to be the liberator for his own family, as he said he would be. And so Joseph died, that Pharaoh died, and that generation died. And somebody was not talking about what happened. There came a time where there there were people not discussing the great famine. And so there arose a king saying, what is all these people? What are all these people doing down in Goshen? What, what's all this? These people are these people are vast. And if a war breaks out, they're going to team up with our with our enemies and overtake us. So therefore, let's put them in slavery. And you 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 travel, <laughs> you travel to 1776 and, you know, for 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 well, but even before then. And, and you look at the, the history of of, you know, America, you see that slavery was a was a part of the fabric. It was a part of the tapestry. So it's a three-part conversation today, Dr. Dunlap. First part was Father's Day. Second part was today, and what I'm in right now is Juneteenth. And then the last part is going to be about my book coming up. So I'm talking about how, why, and why it's important that we discuss these things such as Juneteenth. And I've also iterated that I, I was raised in the northeastern Ohio area, and I had not heard of Juneteenth till I came here to the South in 1994. I also didn't even know when I came down here why there were people, you know, why there were parades for this Juneteenth thing. I had no clue what it was. And so I had to educate myself. And what I'm what I'm suggesting and telling um, our audience all across the world, of course, Dr. Dunlap is one of our major sponsors here. And his book is his book is on my shelf. (laughs) What's next? Preparing for eternity. Yeah, it's here. It's just, where's his book? Oh, there it is. Greg's Greg's book was hiding Dr. Dunlap's. <laughs> we got to show, we got to show our sponsor's book. It's right there, doctor. And so, when we talk when we talk about Juneteenth, I've been reading from the Smithsonian, educating and keeping people abreast about why Juneteenth is now celebrated, and and it it marks our country's second independence. Although it has long been celebrated in the African American community, this Momental, monumental event remains largely unknown until recently now becoming a national holiday. Uh, you know, and Juneteenth shows this, the, the, the power and value of never giving up hope in uncertain times. I don't know if those that were in slavery saw the, saw the end. You know, many died in slavery and didn't, and didn't see the end. Didn't know if their didn't know if their generation would would see a brighter day, and so you need to go to the National Museum of African American History and Culture. Um, this is a space where spirit and hope is alive. And I'm reading. I read that whole story about Juneteenth from the Smithsonian, and so I don't feel I don't feel that we um, should have to segment the Juneteenth celebration. What I mean by that is it doesn't have to just be black people that attend the celebration. It should be all of us because 
that, like I said, that Emancipation Proclamation affected all of us. It affected the whole country. Now, we fast forward to the the arrival of the great Dr. Martin Luther King on the scene. And as you can see, even though the Emancipation Proclamation 100 years previous was designed for black people and, and slaves to be free, you fast forward just 100 years and people still didn't get the memo. Am I telling the truth, right? A, a hundred years removed from the Emancipation Proclamation, we see the arrival of the great Dr. Martin Luther King and many other leaders in that time period. We can go back a little bit if you want, you know, go 1960, whatever. We look at America, we peer down from the sapphire seal of heaven and we peer down into the, the streets and communities and there's still a problem. Wait a minute. I thought there was an emancipation proclamation. I thought there was a Juneteenth. What happened? Why are there facilities that you go into and they say colored and white? <coughs> why are there why are there water fountains where you go to that say colored and white? Why are there buses that that say colored folks can't sit in the front? That's what African Americans used to be called, colored, you know. They they can't sit in the front, they got to sit in the back. Just 100 years removed from the Emancipation Proclamation and we still ain't got it right. Just like I said, the generation of Joseph that died, the new generation rose up and forgot <laughs> they did not know Joseph. They didn't know how they got delivered. So let's put these people in slavery. And that's why I say the discussions are important. They're, they're not divisive. Okay. That nobody's holding you as a, nobody's holding me as a slave today. I'm probably one of the most free people you'll ever meet, but it's still important that, that we have these discussions for the generations yet to come because there is not a shield strong enough. There is not a force strong enough to prevent history from repeating itself when we don't discuss it. And I think sometimes where it can be viewed as divisive is, well, okay, we're living in better times now. Why do we even have to talk about it? We're living in, we're living in the most lush, the most inclusive. I mean, you can be whatever you want to be today, why do we need to discuss about what happened a hundred years ago? Or why do we need to discuss what happened? Well, here's why we need to discuss it because it wasn't a hundred years ago, right? It was less than a hundred years ago. We're talking, uh, if you went back about 65 years ago, I couldn't even be, uh, you know, I wouldn't be in this neighborhood. You know, if you went if you went back to 1965, you know, I, I may not be in this neighborhood. I may not be married to who I'm married to. I, I may not be doing what I'm doing. I may not have what I have now. Just, it was less than 100 years. So we 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 it's important for us to have these conversations and we should have them to continue to educate. Which would bring us together. Some people think having these conversations is divisive and, and it tears us apart. I think having them brings us together. I think we need to I think we need to have the Juneteenth celebrations with with all people that were affected. Even though even though I know it affected slaves, I'm saying that generationally there were slave owners too. Well, I'm not a slave owner. That's what that's what a a, a, a non-African American would say. That's true. So then let's let's show what the true emancipation looked like and what it was supposed to look like. It was supposed to look like blacks and whites, uh, not one owning the other, and those being able to cohabit and live freely together. You know that the the the. the the removal of segregation 
in the 1960s was designed for that purpose so that we could dwell together in harmony. So when we talk about these things, it, it shouldn't just be only from the black perspective. No, it should be from bring, let's see what the end result is. Let's show our next generation. Hey, look, this is what the picture is supposed to look like. Yes. That's exactly right. Danny says it is an integral part of our nation's DNA. It is. And we need a complete knowledge of who we are to see ourselves clearly. That's that's so true. And and this is why I want to I want to challenge people who say, well, we're not there today. Right. We're you know, why do we need to bring these topics up? Why does there need to be a special holiday? Because, ladies and gentlemen, like he said, this is this is our <clears throat> this is our national DNA. You know, this is this affected the great old glory. This is this is a United States of America issue. And we don't ever want to see us regress back to those days. And I challenge you. I, and I know we're modernized. I know we got Bitcoin. I know we got, you know what I mean? I, I know we, we got everything right. We so modern. We, you can do everything from your phone. Now I know we, I know we got it, yo, but I'm just telling you that generationally <clears throat> it has been proven that people forget and that people can regress and behaviors and attitudes and things of that nature can can go backwards in the freest of times in the the the, the children of Israel were 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 fruitful and multiplying hello so in the freest of times without having the right discussions about like Danny says what's the in our DNA what's the fabric of our truth what's the true fabric in our country if we don't have these discussions then you can see regression. All right. So that is my piece on Juneteenth. I actually like doing a morning show, but I can't get up this early all the time. So, And then the last part, I wanted to just have give a special update, special announcement about my book. Now, this is personal. So if y'all want to leave, you can leave. I don't mean that in a bad way. I'm just saying if if you've gotten all you need out the show, that's why I love doing it the way we do. Cause you can come in for a time. You can listen for what you want to listen to. And then other times you can say, Hey man, I'm out. But my book who ate my brownie, no matter the adversity, you still can make it is scheduled to come out July 24th, 2022. And I just wanted to give you a very transparent update about the book. All right. I've accomplished quite a few things over the years. Hosting conferences, putting together organizations, etc. But I will confess to you that writing a book has been extraordinarily challenging for many reasons. It's not just one singular. I can't put my finger on all of it. I know that when I was in college, I was a I was a big procrastinator with online assignments. You know what I mean? I just hated sitting down and typing. And I feel that same way about this book. <laughs> I I don't like sitting down and just transferring what's in my cerebral, you know, I, I don't, I don't like to transfer what's in my cerebral pavilion to the computer. It's just something I don't like to do. It's not even that I'm not good at it. It's just, I don't like to do it. I'm a, I like to, I'm a procrastinator of sorts when it comes to that. Secondly, there have been quite a few major life events 
that have taken place in Impactville <laughs> with CL King. And some of those events have made me just kind of shut down. They're not life ending events. They're just major life events, right? Some of those events have caused me to just shut down and say, I don't want to type today. I don't want to talk about the book today. You know, and, and they've happened with, <laughs> with some regularity over the last five months. There's another part that, you know, we're not talking about me writing a book, a how-to book, a step-by-step -step on, you know, the Demaic process. I could probably write that book over the next 30 days and be done with it because it's just systemic processes, right? Boom, 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 boom. You know what they are. You teach it. You write it. You put it together. It's done. But this is is something different. We're talking about we're talking about an uncovering of 47 years. You know what I'm saying? We're we're talking about peeling back some very very hurtful, very sensitive um very emotional time periods in my life. I know that I just try to give you guys the high level cliff note versions of things that take place when I'm giving a speech. I can't go into the greatest detail of what what the crazy uh you know experiences were, but you know I was swishing and swashing around amongst multiple places as a kid. And each one of those places presented trauma. Each one of those places um, induces great emotion, even to this day. And so there's some days where I just don't want to go there. I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to deal with those emotions. There's some, I've had victories over them. And then there's been other days I've had defeats by them. So if I make the, the July 24th deadline, it will be, it will be by the grace of God. Okay. We are not going to let the project languish, but I, I do want to be very clear with you that you know i can't i can't just throw something together that is so important to me for the sake of meeting a date are you following me i can't i can't just throw something together you know i got to i got to make 724 well if it turns out to be 824 then that's what it's that's what it's going to be i have to have the motivation to take what's in this cerebral area and transfer it to this computer to transfer it to a book and on most things that we've done since we started this journey we've never we've not missed a mark we set out to do a conference we set out to do an event we set out to do this that and the other and we make it. And I, I like that. I like the uh, high success ratio of that. But I, I've never written a book before. I, I, you know, I didn't know what I, what did Donald Rumsfeld say? You don't know what you don't know. I didn't know the nuances that would be associated with it. Okay. I didn't know that some of my shortcomings as a person that I'm like a in the moment type of person. Like I, if I get a thought, I want to do it right then. Right. That, that's just that's just the way I am. If I got if I got a video thought, I don't want to get the studio set up. I just want to come up here and bam, make it happen right then. I'm a very in the moment kind of person. So the so the writing of a book has been a long distance journey, which has challenged some of my weaknesses as a human being. <laughs> Man, that's a friend for you right there, buddy. Yeah, I appreciate that, Danny. He says, take your time, be true to your story, not a timeline. And and I that's what I that's what I want most, right? Because when I'm finished here, I have I have to recognize and realize that, man, this is not a work where where people are, you know, where the response when you say, I can't wait to read your book, 
it's not like it's not that kind of book, y'all. It, it's different. You know what I mean? It's like it's like a combination of 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 uh, Antoine Fisher and John Q. You know what I mean? It's 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 a combination of that, and then sprinkled in each area is, hey man, here's how you can overcome something like this. It's gonna be it's gonna be revealing because certain segments of society see me as you know only see success right they they only see where your present state you go to Mount Rushmore you forget the four hundred million pounds of rock that it took to remove uh, to to get the faces on that mountain right and it was literally four. 100 million or 4 million? Maybe it's 4 million. <laughs> you know, sometimes us speakers, we could over become evangelistic and say stuff that ain't true. So <laughs> I think it might have been 4 million, not 400 million. So, but, any, but in any case, it was a lot of rock. It was a lot of granite. And and people only see the well-manicured area of Mount Rushmore. They 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 see the the, the crisply uh, uh, shaped bushes and, and the calm, meadowy, environment but they don't see the the mortal combat that it took to make that place so where i'm at today is i've decided i'm gonna put the hammer down and i'm gonna i'm 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 gonna give my best focused attention and put a lot of effort into the manuscript okay I'm about halfway done is just to be truthful with you. And I don't want to, I don't want to just throw it together because like Danny says, um, you gotta be true to your story. And here's what I know. Why are you writing this book King? A gentleman said that the only way that people from the grave can affect people yet to be born is through a book. <laughs> so I, my goal is to leave some breadcrumbs of C.L. King's life a life of overcoming, a life of extreme challenge. And that someone, when they pick that book up, because all of us will go through something at some point in our life. It may not be sexual abuse like I went through. It may not be malnutrition and homelessness, et cetera, but it may be something that you pull out of that book. Or you may get it and read it and say, ooh, I know someone. But in addition to that, I got grandchildren and they're going to have children one day. And me, I had nothing when I came to this office. There's there was no there's no passed down, y'all. There's no father legacy that was passed down to me. There was no mother legacy passed down to me. I know very little about either side of my family. When I say very little, I mean like, I don't know who my dad's dad was, right? And I tell my kids who my dad was, so at least they know. You know, the great revelation about C.L. King is that I was not named C.L. King when I was born. I was named Donnie Lee Sharp. My dad's last name was Sharp. But I don't even carry on his last name in my current state. So technically, when I die, because there's no more Sharps beside me and my older cousin, Logie, when he and I pass off the scene, the Sharp lineage is done. But that lineage is not even a thing because it will actually stop with him because I don't even carry that last name. And my generations, my offspring, they don't carry that last name. And their offspring, they don't carry that last name. So 
I wanted to also leave some breadcrumbs to, hey, man, this is kind of how you got here. This is kind of the struggle that your, you know what I'm saying? Your ancestors went through. So that 50 years from now, nobody, people aren't sitting around scratching their head like, okay, wh- how, what, you know what I mean? I don't, I don't, I don't even know what type of medical issues run in our family because I, I wasn't with them. So I want to be able from the grave to impact those that are yet to be born. And who ate my brownie when I was talking to the baccalaureate class the other other week? They they thought it was rather cute title. Until I until I explained to them that the brownie is almost a metaphor. It was literal for me because I did eat a brownie, which precipitated the result of me running away from home staying on the streets then getting put in social services that that but but everybody has oh my goodness everybody has a brownie in their life it's that decision that you you got you got to find that nexus that point that that intersection that 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 says man at this point this decision i made i can go back to it I can I can go back to the very event that changed my entire life. Had I not eaten that brownie, I wouldn't have ran away. Had I not ran away, I would still have been in the same living conditions that I was in. And you probably would not be seeing me today. That's how consequential that brownie was. But in a metaphor, I'm telling you, you all have a brownie in your life. You all have a you you all have a point that says this was the moment where this turned my life around. Or this was the moment that sunk me down in the grave. Right. Everyone has that. And so that's what I'm going to be showing in this book. I'm going to commit to work. Okay. That's what, that's what y'all expect me to do. And that's what I've committed to do, but I'm, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to supplant the integrity of the cause just to make a date. All right. I'm not just going to throw a bunch of filler stuff in there. I I want it to be accurate. That's important because some folks still alive that I'm talking about, (laughs) right? I want it to be accurate. I want it to be impactful, right? Every story that I've put in this book is not sensationalized. I'm very mindful of the various audiences that will read this book. So I'm, I'm, I'm tailoring it so it's tasteful versus just a, a regurgitation of pain and suffering with no filter. I'm not doing it that way. But I do want people to know, hey man, this is this is and I'm my kids in particular, hey man, this is what our dad, grandfather, great grandfather, this is how we all got here, y'all. This is what he went through. And he overcame it. It wasn't always pretty. And it wasn't always flawless. But he showed us, man, it's like, man, when my if my if my granddaughter is struggling through something and she picks up this book and she reads it and she's going through something tough and she sees, wow, my grandfather did it. And no doubt her times will be better than our times. She can say, man, you know what? I'm I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to quit. The subtitle is the capture. No matter the adversity, you still can make it. The emotional strain, the emotional stresses, the real life events that have taken place since I started writing this book, 
they are real and some days you just curl up in your bed and don't get up i know i'm the impact motivator i know i got a cape and all that but it ain't like that every day <laughs> you feel me daddy it's not like that every day man it's just it's not realistic and and i would rather be straightforward with you and truthful with you as opposed to yes i you know what i mean i we also need to teach that that it's okay to to struggle it's it's okay to 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 miss the mark okay it, it, it's okay to not be okay some days now don't live there don't don't live there don't make that your resident and if it is your resident then that's where it's time to get some help that's where it's time for for us to go from hey man you need to we need to get you some some real help but there are seasons there are moments there are days there may be even weeks where it's just like man i mean i didn't touch the book at one point for like two and a half three weeks because i was just i was emotionally not connected with it because like i said some other major life events take place (laughs) and they demand your attention and that's okay but when I, I feel like every time I come back to the book, I, I feel I feel like every time I come back to, you know, removing from the cerebral area, this 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 cerebral pavilion that holds all of this stuff. That's a word for you, Danny. The cerebral pavilion, brother. <laughs> I didn't even steal that one. <laughs> Man. Then you come back and you're revitalized and you and you and I and I, I feel like that <coughs> this most recent break from writing has given me another, you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, it's almost like after you run, you gotta rest, you know, and, and I you can't some runners can't run long distances. You know, some runners are built for short sprints. And I really do feel like that's what this is. You know, I'm I'm built in writing a book. I'm built for short sprints versus long continuums. So with that, we're, I hope that the, the, you know, this is impacting life 24 seven with your host CL King. I just, I, I feel like man, the family that we have created here over the years and the folks who have been following us to any degree, it's funny because you know, people come up to me and say, man, I see you all the time. And I'm just like, really? <laughs> I I didn't I didn't know that. Because it, you know, they don't not everybody comments and not everybody says something. But and that's okay. But man, there are there are people out there that you don't know that are supporting you and they're praying for you and they're they they got your back and they want to see you succeed. So man, that, that that's good enough for me, man. And and I feel like I I owe you the the truth versus you know, a, a bunch of false motivation. All right. Like, look, y'all, this has been hard. Okay. There's been days I didn't want to do it. Not that I don't want to finish it. Cause I know the, I know the magnitude of finishing it, but there's been days I didn't want to, I didn't want to participate. So even in the completion of this book, we will have yet another story you know, I can sit down with authors and tell them, hey, man, listen, if you're writing something that's that's emotionally draining and if you're not a if you you know, if you're not a boom, 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 boom type of person where, you know, you you're just you're just that person that'll get it all done on time, on schedule. If that's not you, then you got to give yourself some grace. <laughs> you got to give yourself some room to to step away even from the project. You know, I imagine that that Harlequin and 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 Michael Angelo and and those those creators sometimes had to step away from the blank canvas because there wasn't nothing going on. It didn't feel nothing. I used to feel that way as a musician. You know, like you just feel like you're playing the same stuff and it's the same gig, it's the same turnaround. And so you got to step away from it for for a, a season and come back fresh. I, 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 you know, I don't know. I haven't read that in some book about writing a book, but maybe that is a, that is a thing. I know that that helps me. All right. So what we're going to do now is I'm going to 
be gracious to you and let you folks go because I don't know how long this show has been. Let's see how long. Oh, Lord, we're over an hour. That's something. What's the morning show, y'all? You can listen. To, you can have your cup of coffee and work on your computer and listen to CLK, right? <laughs> so we're going to close out with um, I'm going to share my screen with you folks and have a closeout word from our amazing sponsors. This is the second half of our sponsorship commercial and uh, give a shout out to these amazing people. So let's share the screen here. And uh, thank you guys for riding with me today on Impact Life 24-7. Covered a couple great topics, and so it's a great day. Hope you continue to celebrate Juneteenth, continue to talk about it with your kids, and uh, be blessed, okay, you guys? Take care. Impact Life 24-7 sponsors have helped us go where no podcast has gone before. Platinum Sponsors. Poor Katrina McCain is the author of Because She Decided to Love. This book is a collection of poetry and prose about love and its important impact on every relationship. This raw and uncut poetry book addresses the themes of how we experience love through loss, hurt, pain, grief, and passion. Connect with her and get your copy of this book at poorkatrinamccain.com. Donald Skip Mondragon, M.D., is a 26-year Army veteran, National Veterans Wrestling Champion, and speaker. He is the author of Wrestling Depression is Not for Wimps, Lessons Learned from an Amateur Wrestler's Fight to Triumph Over Depression. Contact him at wrestlingisnotforwimps.com. The Underdog Ninja Foundation. This was founded in 2020 by Javi and Jessica Madrigal a husband and wife team that have been battling and overcoming heart disease for over 18 years. Their personal story and experiences have led them to follow their calling of empowering, educating, and supporting those fighting heart disease. Contact this amazing team at underdogninja.com. Melinda Tyson Linder. She has spent decades investing in people from all different walks of life. She has led inner city programs for disadvantaged youth, as well as been a mentor to young adults, married couples, and individuals facing adversity. Belinda and her husband have built multiple six and seven figure businesses and have trained leaders on having tenacity and character in business. Ultimately, Belinda cares about people and shows the love of God to everyone she encounters. Bettina Carey. Bettina Carey is the diminutive four foot nine and a half Latina. She inspires and empowers women to create big results. They break through. No, they shatter their earnings glass ceilings. They kick self-imposed limitations to the curb and live their legacies now. Whether she's coaching from a live or virtual stage or conferring with a small cohort of bold women and men, on the rise at a conference table. Her championship strategies say you can win today. Contact her at weempoweryourlife.com. If you would like to become a sponsor of Impacting Life 24-7, reach out to clkingspeaker.com. God bless you, everybody. Impacting Life 24-7. We'll see you um, going for a little R&R for a couple days. Celebrate Charity's birthday. So we'll see you when we get back in the studio. 